Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. On today's show, the Tennessee Titans began their offseason workouts on Monday, but the conversation was all about who was not in attendance rather than who was. Then, we'll take a look at the offensive tackle class in the 2022 draft. Who makes sense for the Titans, not only in the first round, but throughout the mid-rounds as well. All of that and more on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We're going to kick off today's show talking about the Titans opening their offseason activities and who was not in attendance for the Titans, which is making a lot of waves. And we got some tweets to go over as well. Before we get into that, I want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. You are going to find the Locked On Titans podcast free and available on all platforms, and that includes the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. Smash that notification bell so you know when all the content goes live and throw a thumbs up on the video. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Follow the show on Facebook at Locked On Titans Pod. I am going to be putting out daily Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content, not only during the season, but all year round. And with the draft right around the corner, it's a perfect time to get locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast. But with that being said, I tried to dead this rumor as many times as possible. And as much as I have tried to avoid it as content, it's just something that can't be ignored. It's the biggest talking point within the fan base on Monday. So it's something that, whether I like it or not, needs to be covered, and the A.J. Brown trade rumors, the A.J. Brown contract discussion, all that, it's just continuing to be at a fever pitch, and Adam Schefter from ESPN, who has been on a cold streak, in my opinion, with tweets as of late, came out early on Monday morning and dropped this little tweet right here. Let's go over it. It says, Second round picks that include wide receivers Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, and Terry McLaurin for the record, McLaurin's a third-round pick, are not expected to participate in their team's on-field, off-season programs because they want new contracts at a time this off-season when wide receiver deals have exploded per league sources. Schefter followed it up with this right here. Or, my apologies, right here. He says, Tennessee's off-season program opens today, San Francisco's Tuesday. But this is an issue that hangs over these players, their teams, and this draft. Teams will have option to extend these players' contracts or explore trades for them. Now, I can tell you guys, reading these tweets from Schefter, this is coming directly from these players' agents. He is trying to create leverage for the players. This situation is going to hang over the players, hang over their teams. Okay, let's just dive into this right now. The Titans' offseason activities right now are voluntary. How many of you guys right now listening are going to work for voluntary shifts. Not your scheduled shifts, not what you get paid for, but voluntary shifts. 
And what if they told you you're not going to get paid any extra money for going to that voluntary shift? You're just doing it for the good of the company. How many of you guys are doing that? If you're honest, it's probably 1%. 2% of the people listening right now would realistically do that. And it's probably you guys who own your own business. And it's your business. You can't afford to miss anything. Okay? People aren't signing up for voluntary shifts at work for no additional money just to be a good soldier. Especially when the team owes you and should pay you $20 million more dollars than what you're expected to make. Now, A.J. Brown, if he got an extension, the money wouldn't kick in this year. But knowing that he had that guaranteed money in pocket before he goes out there and risks his health, I get that. Any business person who thinks with business acumen understands that if you're getting paid drastically less than what you're worth, you're not going to go do things for free. A.J. Brown does not need to be at OTAs. Right now, Ryan Tannehill didn't go to OTAs. Mike Rabel wasn't at OTAs today. So, I just think that I don't have a problem with what A.J. Brown is doing. He could sit out the entire offseason. The Titans typically do these extensions in July. That's when they do them. So, who cares if A.J. Brown doesn't do anything with the Titans until training camp? Who cares? Who cares? Saying he's a he's a bad teammate or he doesn't care and blah, blah, blah. It's all nonsense. And quite frankly, I haven't seen a lot of that. I haven't, but clearly, there's somebody who has. I'm going to throw a tweet up here from A.J. Brown that he dropped right before I went on today. Quote, I'm a diva and a bad teammate all of a sudden? LOL. Okay. Do what you have to do then. And so will I. Now, as I've said to certain people online who have said, oh, I've seen it. I've seen I've seen people saying he's a bad teammate. I've seen people calling him selfish. Okay, look, guys. This is the age of the internet. If you dig enough, you'll find a dissenting opinion on anything. There are people who will tell you the sky is green if you go on the internet long enough. Okay? So, the reality here is AJ's probably seeing some stupid fans say some stupid things. But AJ Brown's going to be a tight. I said it before. I said it about Harold Landry. I said it before. I'll say it again. All of this is slow news, period, offseason nonsense. A.J. Brown will be a Titan. He will not be traded. He will get his extension in July. He will be in training camp. He will play for the Titans in 2022. And I've lived long enough that I've become the villain here by rehashing this news in this room and this story once again. But it's just everywhere, and I I can't help but speak my mind on it. If you're calling out A.J. Brown as a bad teammate because he wants to get a new contract and he's skipping voluntary shifts at work, then you're foolish. And if you're A.J. Brown, you're listening to this. Logical fans don't feel this way. You're going to be a Titan forever. A.J. Brown, well, maybe not forever, but I know that A.J. Brown will be a Titan in 2022, and he'll get his contract extension because I believe that John Robinson knows how to run a football team. But that's going to do it for this conversation. We're going to get into the offensive tackle group. I got 14 names to go over with you guys with some in-depth scouting reports. Excited to get into all of that. Before we do, though, got to tell you guys about an incredible product that is just going to revolutionize your morning and have a major impact on your day. It is AG1 from Athletic Greens. Uh, It's a product that I use every single day. And since I started taking it, 
Uh, my digestive health feels better. I'll let you guys fill in the blanks of what you think I mean with that. I feel like I have more energy during the day, and it's so important during this NFL draft scouting process. I am going through so many scouting reports, watching so much tape on these guys. This is one of the toughest stretches that I have during the year of, of episodes because of all of the research I have to do. And having that AG1 in the morning has really kind of kick-started me, and I felt like I had energy not only at the beginning of the day, but throughout the day. It's going to give you better gut health, more energy like I talked about. It's going to optimize your immune system as well. Uh, I hated taking pills, vitamins. I don't want anything like that. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about with AG1. So I was so excited when Locked On partnered with them to provide you guys a great deal to get started. I told you about the benefits. Now I'm going to tell you about the deal. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day of AG1. That is it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also. Do want to tell you guys about betonline.net. Betonline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information for all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball's playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Head to betonline.net. Betonline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action. Bet online where the game starts. Titans fans, let's continue this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We just talked about the new rehashing of AJ Brown's situation, some tweets, and all this nonsense. AJ Brown will be a Titan. I'm not worried about that. But with that being said, we're going to get into our breakdown of the offensive tackle class in the 2022 draft. Continue the 2022 Locked On Titans NFL Draft Preview. Before we get into that, do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Now, I just got to tell you guys about some awesome stuff we're doing at the Locked On Podcast Network. So number one, the 2022 Ultimate Mock Draft. The first episode dropped on Monday. The second episode dropped today on Tuesday. It's going to go throughout the week and then finish on next Monday. But it's basically a mock draft where each host from the Locked On shows makes the selection for their team. So I am on the clock at 26, picking for the Tennessee Titans. You get breakdowns from Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, Brian Peacock. You get the Odyssey experts, guys like Jason Lockhamfora, Michael Irvin, things like that. You get Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy's perspective from Locked On NFL Draft. So subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft podcast feed. Also, Subscribe to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube right now. Going to have a live coverage throughout the entire NFL Draft. That's all three days going live 
30 minutes before the draft kicks off each day. So 7.30 on Thursday, 6.30 on Friday, 11.30 in the morning on Saturday, all of that Eastern time, of course, which is the best time zone and the only one that matters. Uh, I know that's going to make a lot of you Central folks mad. I don't care. Either way, man, it's just awesome to have alternative live draft coverage from local experts. Do you want to hear from... Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, guys who have consistently mocked the Titans incorrectly throughout years? Or do you want to hear from me after the Titans make their selection? I'm hoping that the answer is your boy. But with that being said, let's move into this tackle class because you guys know when I get into these prospects, I dig in deep and I I am uh, excessively wordy, which you may already know. But moving forward, the number one offensive tackle in the NFL draft to me is clearly Evan Neal from Alabama, six foot seven, three hundred and thirty-seven pounds. Uh, I, the big keywords that I put next to him are versatility and reliability. He's a versatile guy. Played multiple positions along the offensive line. Started as a freshman, as a sophomore, as a junior, all different spots. He's incredibly athletic for a guy that size. Powerful. Got real strong hands as well. Now he could be a little top heavy, which leads to balance issues. Getting a little over his toes too much. Uh, He doesn't have incredible lateral agility, which may limit him when it comes to taking on speed rushers on the edge. Uh, He could slide into guard if you needed him to do that, though, if it became that big a problem. But I think think he's a tackle. Along with that, he's got to learn how to sustain blocks. He gets on guys, he drives them, but to sustain the block throughout the play, that's something he can work on as well. But again, versatile guy could play up and down the line, can play right tackle, left tackle, play guard if you need him to. Reliability. I just believe that Evan Neal is going to be a solid starter in the league for 10 years. So he's my number one tackle. Number two is uh, Akem Ekwanu, uh, six foot four, 310 pounds out of NC State. I called him the zone animal. He would just be perfect in a zone run scheme. He's nasty. Just a nasty temperament. And I love that in an offensive lineman. Great power as well. He's going to bulldoze people off the line. He's going to move people. He's going to move bodies, man. That's what's most important. Obviously, getting picked this high. He's an athletic guy. Maybe not as big as some of the offensive tech, like the 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, so it's 6'4". Great athletic ability. And people just rave about his character and his leadership. Now, Got to get better with his hand placement because he can be a little over-aggressive at times. He has the tendency to allow guys to beat him to the inside because he'll overset to the outside on his pass rush. And he had some issues with penalties, but he can refine his technique. To me, give me the temperament and give me the athletic traits. I'm taking that all day long. I'll coach up the technique, and I'll coach away the penalties. The next guy is Mississippi State left tackle Charles Cross, six foot four. 307 pounds. I called him a pass-blocking sensei. So uh, Mississippi State had that Mike Leach, uh, you know, air it out type scheme. They didn't run the ball a ton. So he doesn't have a ton of run-blocking experience, but what he has showed as a pass-blocker, great lateral movement, which is important to move side-to-side for speed pass rush. He's patient with his hands. He takes his time. He's not overzealous. He's not over-aggressive. He's really smart positionally. Charles Cross isn't a drive blocker or a power blocker like you would think of with Evan Neal or uh, Equanu, but he's a guy who knows how to use his body to get in position to win blocks and get the job done. You can develop the other things at the next level. He's got a strange stance. His feet are very close together, and that causes some problems with with his pass set. He doesn't have a ton of anchor guys. He's he's 
I don't want to say he's lean, but he could use some extra mass and some extra core strength to be able to anchor. And that's basically it. Imagine that you're taking a bull rush, two hands straight in your chest, trying to push you back. Can you widen your base? Can you get your center of gravity and your balance and hold off? That's something that Charles Cross has to improve on. He's got to add mass, and when he does add mass, that'll make him a better drive blocker in the run game. And he had some penalty issues as well that need to be cleaned up. The next guy's a guy who I think those three guys, Cross, Equanu, and Neal, are not going to be available for the Titans, period. They're just not. But a guy who will be or could be and could be in striking range if the Titans want to trade up is Trevor Penning, the mean, nasty tackle out of Northern Iowa, six foot seven, 325 pounds. I put angry beaver, okay? Because he is going to de- destroy some wood and he's going to be upset while he does it. Incredible size. Six foot seven, 325. I mean, a monster of a man. And boy, he is mean. He wants to drive you into ground. He wants to take your soul every single time he's talked about. Very wide body. So as a blocker, he just takes up space. He's so wide, it's hard to get around him. That is a skill all in itself. And for a guy that size, he's got good feet. Really good feet, quick feet, able to move around, reset all that. Now, when you're that big, you have the tendency to be upright. He's a little over-aggressive, not as technically refined with his hand placement. He's a little over-aggressive. There's no other way to put it, which means he shoots his hands a little bit too early. He gets a little uh, over top of himself and gets a little upright because he thinks he's got things won. Uh, Also, he didn't play against very good competition at Northern Iowa, so of course he looked like a, a man amongst boys in college because of the competition. Here's the reality. Penning plays really tough and physical and nasty, and he rubs people the wrong way. But I like that. You got the size. You got the mentality. I'll take that. With that athletic ability at that size, I'll mold that guy. But the reality here is, and I got to be honest, his over-aggressiveness, it's almost like the guy trying to be too tough. He's trying to act tough. When the tape just doesn't show it. He's got balance issues. He gets upright over his toes. His hand placement, he doesn't have the technical refinement that you would want from a guy who some people are saying could go top 10. I don't think that's the case, and I think Penning is slipping down draft boards a little bit as people get into more of the film. He made a great impression at the Senior Bowl with his physicality, but it's almost kind of like a fake toughness in a way because the tape doesn't match how tough he acts out on the field. And again, that could rub some people the wrong way, including teams, but I think he'd be a great fit for the Titans. The next guy I want to talk about here is from Central Michigan. It's uh, Bernard Rainman. Uh, six foot six, 303 pounds, so a taller guy, but skinnier guy. He's originally from Austria. I'd call him a dancing bear. That's what he is. At that size, he has incredible athletic ability and movement. He has great balance. He's fluid. Really good with recovery, with that balance. Uh, if he gets beat, if he gets caught off guard, he can really readjust his feet quickly. Uh, he's a durable guy. Hasn't missed a lot of time, and people just rave about his character. He's added 60 pounds. Started as a tight end, and you can tell. He's added 60 pounds since he got into college, and that says a lot about your work ethic. Um, doesn't drive block. A guy that that lean at offensive tackle just isn't able to move guys around. He's more of a positional blocker. Needs to work on his hand usage. Uh, there's a competitive uh, 
competition issue there as well. So he needs to work on some of the more technical aspects of the game. He needs to add some strength and some power. But with that athletic ability at that size and the and the work ethic and the character that he's shown throughout college, a lot of teams are going to bank on that. I expect him to be a late first-round pick or an early second-round pick. One issue, though, is he's already 25 years old or will be 25 years old when the season rolls around. So a guy that age, how much mass and muscle can he actually put on when he's basically an adult body? Already, that's something that will knock him down from maybe being a higher pick. The last guy in this tier that I want to talk about is Tyler Smith from Tulsa, six foot four, three hundred and twenty-four pounds. At that size, at six foot four, some people cast Tyler Smith as a guard. Uh, all I put in here was a dirty brawler, and I don't mean dirty like you know cheater or trying to hurt people. Just he's a dirty in-your-face brawler, man. He's got a big, thick, strong body strong hands and a real tight grip. Once he gets his hands on you, you're done. Uh, he is a drive blocker. He's a bully. We talked about Trevor Penning wanting to put people in the dirt. Tyler Smith is like that even more with less technical refinement. I mean, he is just completely raw. Tyler Smith, terrible with his hand placement and his punch. His footwork gets clumsy. He's a guy who's really out there just on pure physicality and pure overall talent. He's only 21 years old, though. So if you can work on the technique with the hands and the feet, you can improve the balance. You could have yourself a top-tier interior offensive lineman or a really good tackle. So Tyler Smith, a big-time project, big-time project, which is why I'm not interested in drafting him as the Titans in the first round. You did that with Dylan Raidens last year. You don't need another project offensive lineman. Okay, that's not what the Titans need. I'll tell you when you need a project pick, and this is not the time for that. So that's kind of the top names, the top six in the uh, the tackle market. I think Penning, Raymond, and Smith could all be options for the Titans. Before we get into the last names that I think do make sense for the Titans in the mid-rounds, do want to tell you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving online auto parts customers for over 20 years. They have everything you need on their easy-to-navigate online catalog, uh, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even brand-new carpet. Make sure that you head to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you place your order, make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Titans fans, let's cap off this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We talked about the A.J. Brown contract noise. We talked about the top offensive tackles in the NFL draft. Now I want to get into some of those mid-round options who could be there with the Titans pick at number 90 or 131 or 143, 169 maybe even. Kind of the mid-round, day two, day three type guys, in my opinion. If the Titans don't get one of these names that we discuss right here, then don't go offensive tackle at all. Go get Questenberry back. Go get Dennis Kelly back. Go with a veteran at that tackle position to compete. I don't want to go with anybody who is not on the list that I have compiled here. Before we get into the final names I want to discuss at offensive tackle, though, I do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, it's draft season. We're in the thick of it. 
Check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast hosted by analytics guru Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker breaking down the draft from two perspectives. You get the front office view of things with team needs and positional value, but you also get the player side of things with player profiles and mock drafts and big boards. Plus, if you subscribe to the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube channel right now, you'll be ready to go when that live NFL draft coverage kicks off on Thursday, April the 28th, right? That's when the draft kicks off. Boom. There you go. So great idea to make the Locked On NFL Draft podcast your second listen every day. But moving forward, the next guy that I want to talk about is Daniel Fa'alele. Fa'alele. I love his name. It just makes you want to dance and drink tiki's. Uh, anyways, out of Minnesota. Listen to this, folks. Six foot eight, 390 pounds. Full disclosure, guys, I'm like five foot six, anywhere from uh, 200 to 190. Yeah, I'm a chubby boy. Get over it. But like this guy, Daniel Falele, it was like two of me. It was like two of me. I mean, I try to look for uh, comparisons. And Pro Football Focus's draft guide put none. I mean, there's just no comparison to a guy this big. I try to think about um, the first name is blanking me, uh, McKinney. He was an offensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. He was a monster. That's the only thing that my brain could think of. Um, but former Australian, uh, I put Mountain Man because there's, I mean, the frame to be that big. It's unbelievable. His anchor, it better be great at that. We talk about anchor with the leaner guys and how they don't have the ability to hold up against a bull rush. Uh, Falele does. Okay, he's a monster, and it's not a lean monster either. He's a big body bear. Okay, uh, great feet for a guy that size as well. Nimble feet. Now, when you're that big, though, there's downsides. He doesn't have great mobility, so he's going to get beat by speed rushers on the edge because he simply just can't get out quick enough to the corner. A guy like Harold Landry would tear. Uh, doesn't have great range because of that mobility, talking about getting out far. Uh, it's not quite as nasty and as physical as you would want to see from a guy that big. And he doesn't have a ton of experience either. So all of that together, you're basically getting what you get with Falele. But in, I think in a power scheme, I don't think it fits for the Titans, but in a power scheme, I think he can make a lot of sense and move some bodies. Uh, but he's going to have to lean down a little bit, watch the weight, and uh, try to get better with some of the movement and the range if he wants to be a full-time offensive tackle. The next guy, though, makes a lot of sense for me. And it's Abraham Lucas from Washington State, six foot six, three hundred and fifteen pounds. He is a rangy right tackle. He's got a good frame on him. He's got really good feet. His mirror ability and a mirror is like imagine you're guarding someone in basketball. Sometimes that's what playing offensive tackle against an edge rusher is like. You're basically guarding a guy in basketball, but you get to use your hands in their chest. No freedom of movement here. Uh, Abraham Lucas is so good at mirroring his guy, playing in space with good athletic ability, incredibly smart guy, knows where to be, understands combination blocks, and he's tough as well, durable. Now, he's not as good of a run blocker, doesn't have a ton of run blocking experience. Uh, Washington State, not, not, a, not a ton of running the ball at Washington State. He has a tendency to get his hands a little too wide, and power rushers can get in his chest. He'll have to clean that up, and he doesn't quite play with the physicality that you would want. But that mirror ability in pass protection, he's going to be good right away. And with his mobility and his skills in the frame, you can add more mass, add more strength, 
and he'll have the athleticism to play in the Titans' zone scheme. So I think Abraham Lucas could be a good fit. <coughs> Excuse me. Next, Ohio State's Nicholas Petit Ferrer, six foot five, three hundred and sixteen pounds. He is a zone mover. That's what I have him as. He would be a decent fit for the Titans. Really good length. He's a fluid athlete as well. Doesn't seem clunky or tight. He's good at climbing up to the second level, which is important in the Titans zone blocking scheme where you start with a double team at the line of scrimmage and climb to a linebacker. He's really good with those combo blocks and climbing up. Now, he is a, a leaner guy for his size. Doesn't have great anchor, doesn't have great power, doesn't have a lot of power in his punch. So he'd have to work on strength and get in the weight room to try to increase that upper body power. Next, Penn State, Rashad Walker, or Rashid Walker, my apologies there, six foot five, 313 pounds. So basically similar size to Petit Ferrer. Similar guy as well when it comes to their body. Really good frame. Uh, Walker has much more power to him, but just as fluid. The problem is Walker isn't as refined with his hands. He doesn't have great balance. Stunts really, really get him all over the place. Defensive stunts, he's always late to pick him up. Doesn't seem to process those things very well. And there are maturity concerns. He stole a bike on campus early in his career. Teams are going to have to vet that out. And I think any of those maturity concerns, when you look at other concerns on the football field, it's going to knock him down quite a bit. But I I think not as good of a fit for the Titans as Petit Ferrer, although I see them as kind of similar options and similar values. I would much prefer the guy out of Ohio State than the guy out of Penn State because of the maturity concerns um, and, and the awareness concerns, I would call it. The next guy here, I like a lot as well for the Titans. It's Southern Utah's Braxton Jones. Six foot five, 310 pounds, another zone mover with good size, good length in his arms, great movement skills. He's got strong hands, good grip once he gets on you. He is a tough player as well, doesn't miss a lot of games. Now, with these zone mover guys, what's the number one thing that I always bring up? Anchor. They don't have great core strength because they're lean guys with athleticism. They're not too heavy. He needs to add some mass without losing athleticism. Needs to be more consistent with his handwork and his tech, uh, the technical aspect of playing the game. Balance. He's got some balance issues as well. So good movement. He gets on the move, but keeping his balance when he stands still, that's important. And obviously coming from Southern Utah, the competition is going to be an issue. He didn't play any of these Power 5 guys uh, or didn't have consistent playing time against these Power 5 schools and these other prospects that are going to be coming out on the edge. The next guy that I want to talk about here is the University of Texas San Antonio's Spencer Burford, six four, 304 pounds. Some people might consider him a guard with the height and the weight there, uh, but he's got a good frame, can add on extra mass. He's really good at the line of scrimmage, great burst, good recovery as well. He's really good at resetting his feet, resetting his hands when he gets beat initially. He's a quick player as well, and he's quick to recover. Uh, not the ideal strength, not the ideal anchor. Again, one of these zone-moving athletic guys. Uh, needs to improve in the run game as well. He's not really a dry blocker, but classic offensive tackle that's athletic, with a good frame and a good body, but just needs to add strength, needs to add mass so that he can improve with his power aspects of his game. The next guy is a guy I'm very interested in as well, and it's Kellen Deesh from Arizona State. Six foot seven, 303 pounds. So the size and the height 
that the Titans like to see. He's got great feet for a guy that size, really quick feet, able to adjust and move him around, really good mirroring ability against edge rushers. He's able to climb to the next level. He's good at taking on stunts, a really smart player with quick hands who can adjust on the fly. Now again, six foot seven, 303. That's a lean guy. Doesn't have very long arms. Length that you would normally get from a six foot seven guy, so his punch can struggle, doesn't have a lot of power, and without having long arms, he doesn't get the benefit of length either. So it's a power and a length issue with the arms. And again, he's an older prospect. He's a, he's going to be twenty five years old. Are you going to be able to develop him anymore? Is he going to be able? to put on any more mass. There are going to be questions about that with him being that old, but I think with him being that old and being a knowledgeable player, he's somebody who could maybe slide in and play early for the Titans. The last two guys I want to mention are kind of day three, round seven, undrafted free agent types, but Max Mitchell out of Louisiana, uh, six foot six, 307 pounds, quick, uh, got good hands on him, but again, needs to add mass for a guy that big, not a strong dry blocker. And the last guy I want to mention is Tyler Vrabel. Okay, he's going to be an undrafted free agent, guys. But would the Titans pick him up? Maybe. A little nepotism never hurt anybody. But six foot five, 315 pounds. Look, he doesn't have natural athleticism. He doesn't have an incredible frame. But like his dad, he's a smart football player, and he's a tough football player. And a lot of times, guys who don't have the best traits and all the athleticism and all the things that pop off the film, some guys are just dependable, tough, and smart. And in football... That can get you a job, and that can get you a career. And it just may well do that for Tyler Rabel. But that's going to do it. Those are the 14 names that I would be interested in at offensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans. We're going to break down the interior offensive line on tomorrow's show. Can't wait for that. Make sure that you're tuned in. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.